Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Check it out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another version, scintillating version of Bill Rose on Sports. I'm here uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, where I was detoured because of the snowstorm and blizzard in New York, happily. In fact, I asked them if they keep me here till April. <laughs> but, uh-huh. and, uh, but I'm here in Phoenix and uh, here with Jamal Murphy, the great Jamal Murphy. How are you holding up in uh, blizzardly New York? I'm holding up, man. I'm holding up. In uh, you know, in my in my classic undisclosed location in Brooklyn, uh, I think we got about we got they say we got about ten to twelve inches. I w- I look outside; it's about eight, you know, eight to nine. But it, it was good enough to keep me in the house ninety nine percent of the day. So I can't complain. What watching basketball? Duke, North Carolina was today. That was a oh good yeah, game. Duke won right. I Duke beat North Carolina. Yeah, Duke Duke uh, got the win. Got the home win. Uh, Grayson Allen has been playing well ever since uh, Coach K got back. I guess that's his security blanket. So things things looking okay for for Duke right now. Yeah, Grayson Allen. <laughs> well, we'll get to him in another broad yeah. telecast in March sometime. We'll talk about him in March, maybe. Um, but uh, I guess a hot topic, man. I'm here in uh, you know I'm I'm here in uh, you know Phoenix and looking at stuff. You know, you, you, you if you had told me that there would have been a, a drama with the Knicks organization that would eclipse the Phil Jackson, Carmelo, Anthony drama. I'm like, come on, man, what could do that? Well, <laughs> right. Charles Oakley, he answered that question uh, earlier this week, man. What the hell? I know you were at the Garden right. uh, Wednesday. Right. Man, what? Man, I mean, first of all, I saw it. I saw the Garden. You know, Oakley was only doing to Dolan what every Knicks fan probably wants to do to Dolan. He wanted to twist his neck off. What happened, man? Right, right. I mean, like you said, it was amazing. I mean, it's the last thing you expect. You go in there, you're thinking about the the Carmelo, uh, Phil Jackson story, which actually heated up earlier in that day uh, with, with Jackson, uh, some some kind of subliminal tweet he let off there about, about Melo. So, you know, no, you're expect you know, Clippers, Knicks, you're expecting to go in there and see – the Clippers uh, break the Knicks' heart, you know, late in the game, and they ended up doing that. But yeah, in the first quarter, uh, you know, we're watching the game, and all of a sudden, there's this commotion uh, on the on the baseline, right where Dolan sits, and we see this commotion. The the game was going on, and and it just felt like everybody stopped watching the game and looked over there, and the you know people next to me are like, oh, that's Oakley. I look over there, you see you see big. Charles Oakley, and you know, being surround, you know, standing up, being surrounded by people, and you could see him pushing and shoving, and uh, you know, all hell broke loose. It was it was pretty crazy. So I I just ran, I ran down downstairs to see what I could uh, see what 
information I could get to see, uh, to see what I could see. Very, uh, very wild stuff. So what, what happened? I mean, what was, you know? Well, I mean, you know, basically, either, you know, it depends who you believe about what set, what set everything off. But he, Oakley had, you know, he had seats. Either he bought the tickets or he was given tickets a couple rows up from where Dolan sits, which is, which is always on that baseline uh, near the basket. And um, either he said something to Dolan or he didn't. He says he didn't say anything. Um, and sure sec- security came up to him and asked him to leave for whatever reason. Remember when we had we had uh, Oakley on on a on the podcast in June? He had told st- he told us a story of going to the game last year and Dolan basically sicking security on him because you know he's been very outspoken and negative as far as uh, the Knicks and Dolan are concerned. So he's made comments in the media and supposedly Dolan doesn't like him even being in the arena. So we we don't know if he said something or not, but either way uh, about three or four security guards uh, came up to him and, and I mean, Oakley wasn't playing around, man. I mean, he might not have been in the wrong uh, at first, but when those security guards came up, he, you know, he, he shoved them with all his might uh, he was, you know, he he made contact with, he, you know, he put his finger and in, in a guy's forehead, you know, pushed him back, and then all all of a sudden you see about nine or ten security guards whisk him away, and uh, you know, eventually he's on the ground. They end up handcuffing him. By the time by the time I got downstairs, uh, you know, by the tunnel close to close to where the media is, uh, the media room, and and over by that tunnel. By the time I got down there. I, he was, you know, I walked by there. He was surrounded by security. He was handcuffed, hands behind his back. Mm. Um, I saw, I, you see Phil Jackson is, you know, there talking to him, trying to calm him down, I guess, or just trying to figure out what happened. Uh, Charles Oakley is screaming and yelling. I mean, very emotional, screaming at the top of his lungs. You know, this is bullshit. I didn't do anything. Dolan, this is Dolan. It's all Dolan. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't do anything. Uncuff me. This is some bullshit. Let me go. You know, just, and, and at the top of his lungs, like almost like you know, you know, almost you know, he was very emotional, almost crying, just, almost and, you know, mad, you know, in a mad way, just like you know, it was a it was a very tense situation. And then finally, they you know they whisked him off again to some room, and I guess they took him to the precinct. Mm. So wow. it was. So the, they, they said it wasn't the crowd chanting. Oh yeah, yeah. So when they when the crowd when when the uh, security first carried him away, um, and you know he ended up on the floor, you know before he got to the tunnel, they had, he he was on the floor. I guess they were trying to handcuff him or whatever or subdue him. And uh, the crowd starts chanting "Oakley, Oakley, Oakley." <laughs> it was pretty crazy, you know. And then people, you know, oh people, you know, God. everybody's saying, you know, nobody on the current team, you know, shows that much fight. And this guy's not even in the, <laughs> in the game, you know, getting people to chant his name. So, that's <laughs> um, not really funny, man. Um, you know, then I, I saw the statement from the Knicks, and they say, "I uh, hope he gets help. We hope yeah. he gets help." I mean, yeah. I mean, that was just. I mean. I mean that was just ridiculous, really, uh, to say to say that. Um, I mean everybody, everybody who was there. If you watch, even if you saw it on TV, that's the thing too. It was a nationally televised game. It was on ESPN. Uh, ESPN caught it. Uh, they, they, you know, they had them on camera. They, they were monitoring the situation also. 
So, I mean, everybody knows the situation. Dolan can't, you know, doesn't have the best reputation. Uh, we don't, you know, nobody knows who to believe. So just to put out a statement saying that we hope he gets help and try to blame him for the entire thing, just sound, you know, just come on. It was just disingenuous and obviously so. Like, like the way Dolan got help for his drug, right. drug situation. Exactly. Like, what, yeah, what are you saying? Help with what? Yeah, right. You know, be more specific, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, so they they put that out, and actually, you know, I asked uh, Doc Rivers. You know, obviously, he's the coach of the Clippers. He played with Oakley uh, in the '90s with the Knicks, of course, and he, you know, he still holds him in very high regard. I asked Rivers about that, about um, him, uh, you know, what he thought about that that Knicks statement saying that saying you know they you know hope he gets help and and doc didn't want to touch it doc was basically like you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna comment on that i have no idea but um you know oakley's my guy uh you know i i was gonna run over there myself i took three steps i was gonna run over there myself you know you know he was you know he was my the best teammate anybody could ever have i I still keep in touch with him um it was just he was like it's the craziest thing i've ever seen he's like i've been involved in the nba a long time i've never seen anything like that so i mean it was wild (laughs) Uh, so now I wonder what what Barkley gonna say about that. <laughs> you know, they got a few too. I want you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. I want. I'm, I, I know. You know, I didn't catch TNT today. I know that TNT, the NBA on TNT was today Thursday, and I didn't mm-hmm. catch that. I actually meant to check it out, but um, and that's another thing. Going back to the the podcast that we had Oakley on. Uh, he kind of grouped them together. Remember, you know, you were saying that you wanted to get Dolan on the podcast, and he was like, "Oh man, I wish he would come in here." He was like, "I don't know who I want to get worse, him or Barkley," you know. So he kind of he, he has a, those are his two vendettas, Barkley and Dolan. So I don't know, you know, maybe he was the aggressor as far as that goes with Dolan, but he says he wasn't. He said he didn't say anything, and just him being there, uh, Dolan uh, sent security after him. So who knows? Well, you know, like I said, man, he wasn't doing anything that about five million Knicks fans right. wanted to do. Right. They could get a Dolan and say something to him. Right. You know? No question. No question about it. So, yeah, no, but you know, but it's all you know. It's also sad. Uh, it was a sad situation. I mean, when you see, you know, the end result was him was him being, you know dragged out of Madison Square Garden, you know, on national TV uh, by like, you know, nine, ten security guards on the floor and then in handcuffs and then screaming and yelling. That's not a good look regardless. And it's and it is sad. It's not a good look. You know? Yeah. It's not it's definitely not a good look. It's not a good look for Oakley. It's not a good look for the organization. Here's a guy who I don't know, what, ten years ago, when did he play with the Knicks? Um For, you know, yeah, from I think eighty eight to about you know to mid nineties. So maybe, you figure here's a guy who, you know, I don't know, what, fifteen years ago or something. Right. You know, people were like carrying him out of the stadium uh, on their shoulders. Right, right. As yep. a conquering hero and in Chicago, he won Phil Jackson a lot of games. Right. You know, and uh you know, here's a guy who uh feels passionately about the Knicks. Who um, probably felt that he should have been, you know, given a front office job or some type of job with the organization, and uh, you know, hates to see what's happened to the team and 
you know, it, I'm sure you stepped in that arena, emotional, didn't see that guy who was given everything he had, being handcuffed. It's kind of like $40 million slaves. Right. You know, that, you know, when you're, when we could use you, you know, we will carry you out on, on the shoulders. But when, as soon as we're finished with you, you know, you, you're tossed aside like a bum, you know, or, or worse. Right. And uh, just, um, you know, very unfortunate. But um, if, if people want to hear from Oakley, they should check out that broadcast. We'll have to tell them what, what episode it was. Or just, yeah, I, think you know, it was, you can... I think it was episode 74, 75. But, yeah, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll post it. Uh, we'll post it on uh, on social media. Um, and it was, a, you know, it was a great podcast. I mean, Oakley doesn't hold anything back, and it, and it was a precursor to what happened, <laughs> to what ended up happening on uh, Wednesday night. So, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a must listen. And you probably should have listened to it beforehand, and you wouldn't yeah, be surprised yeah. at all about yeah. about what That's happened. Right. But listen to it now, you'll be caught up. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so funny, it's been a very. And then what? So what's the deal with? I mean, like I said, now Carmelo and and uh, and Dolan seems like a love fest. If, you know, I mean, in comparison to that, you know, Dolan, I mean, you know, Carmelo's been taking his shots. I saw a clip where somebody said, you know, you know, Carmelo, back in the summer, you said uh, that you uh, trust uh, 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 Dolan. Right. And he said, yeah, I did say that. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, or really, really, uh, that was that was about uh, uh, Phil Jackson. You know? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, it may, they may have, they yeah. may, they may have a like Dolan's the one who who pays him, so I don't think he, he has an issue with Dolan. Probably when you think about it, like right. it, you no, know, no, it was, it, it was, it was, um, it was uh, um, um, Phil Jackson. Yeah, still oh, trust. Yeah, you know. that, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was after the game. Uh, a reporter asked asked uh, <laughs> asked Mello. Whether you know whether you still trust and and whether you still trust Phil Jackson because you had said that three years ago three years ago when he took over, uh, Carmelo has said, um, you know I'm going to put my trust in in uh, in Phil Jackson. I, you know I'm sure he'll turn this around and get us to where we need to go. And he asked if he still felt like that, and and Melo was just just started laughing. He was like, Yeah, I I did say that, didn't I? <laughs> uh, he was like, You got me, you got me. Uh, and then he said, Well, you know, do you still trust him? And he said, I I trust the process. Yeah, you know. and, uh, referencing Philadelphia. Exactly, exactly. Trusting, I, I, the, trusting the process. I trust the process. Which is, uh, which is Joel Embiid's nickname, I think, process. So, yeah, that's definitely. Who, 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 who's, uh, who's nickname? Joel Embiid, the, the big-time rookie for the 76ers. Oh, uh, okay. Rookie after, you know, I, he was actually drafted three years ago. But, you know, had injury problems. But he's a, technically a rookie this year. Uh, and they trusted the process, waited three years, and and now he's a big time player. Might be the best, one of the best centers in in the NBA. So, you know, it's, it's going back to Melo. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, I just don't understand what what Phil is trying to accomplish. I guess he, you know, he came out earlier in that day. He came out with a tweet. The back the backstory. I, I should start with the backstory. The backstory is a guy named Kevin Ding. Uh, for who writes for Bleacher Report wrote this scathing article, 
nothing new really you've heard this before you know people have written the same article before about Carmelo basically calling him a ball stopper and he's never gonna change doesn't play D he's not a winner and basically he was saying that Phil thought that that uh that Carmelo you know Phil was disappointed that Carmelo didn't turn out to be like a Kobe or a Michael Jordan and he couldn't change him and 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 this is and now he knows that Melo is no more than just a you know a scorer who doesn't want to win and th- that's the this is the whole reason why the Knicks you know didn't turn it around and they need to get rid of Carmelo and so uh yeah early yesterday Phil Jackson tweeted um basically said he he said uh Kev uh, the writer from Bleacher Report Kevin Ding almost hit it on the head. With his story, but uh, I, you know, I know I can't, I can't change the leopard spots. I knew that since the CBA when I had Michael Graham. So he throws Michael Graham in from the old Georgetown uh, product. He throws him in there. So, I mean, why, why would you tweet that? So basically, you're co-signing an article that basic that's basically saying that Carmelo's not a winner. He thought he was, and I couldn't change him. You're you're co-signing that article and you're tweeting that. What for what purpose? Are you just trying to get Carmelo's so upset that he that he gives up his his uh, his uh, no trade clause. I mean that's what that's that's the consensus. That's what people think. And it's like what you know what are you doing? And when when you look at you look at it, I mean Carmelo had been actually playing pretty well before they started leaking all the trade rumors. And I mean you're diminishing his trade value. I mean I don't understand what the purpose is really. Well, you know Phil Jackson has got this god complex. Uh, and, and completely delusional. I think he's still on this thing, you know. He, you know the idea that that he had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then Kobe Bryant and Shaq in L.A. Right. And people are saying, you know, man, yeah, you know, those two guys have a lot to do with your success. Right. And he was going to come to New York, and this, I mean, aside from just hustling the Knicks. You know, with this uh, Zen BS, and got a lot of money. He got a lot of money, paid his boys, but you know, maybe say, "Well, I, I'm gonna prove it. I'm gonna be like Pat Riley. I'm gonna be a Hall of Fame coach in a Hall of Fame gym. I could do this." And he can't. He can't. He cannot do it because he doesn't have. He doesn't have Kobe, and he doesn't have uh, Jordan. You know, and um, and it's his job to get them. It's right. his job to get the players. Right. So. Yeah, 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 and he's not he's not obviously not getting it done i mean and the the biggest thing is i mean I, and we <laughs> we we've had this conversation and and you you know you predicted that the Knicks would would you know were basically incurable uh right. and i was you know i was like oh you know i like i like the moves he made i like he brought in you know so and so and blah 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 so i can't complain about the moves because i actually at the time liked them but my thing is the coaching, like this, your 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 state of expertise comes from, you know, you you know the fact that you were a great coach and that you know coaching or you know how to motivate, and that's been the worst aspect of what he's done with the Knicks is is hire coaches. You know, he he's had, been demoralized. I mean, yeah, he's, like, he's really helped demoralize the franchise by um, jumping on and isolating probably the most popular player on the Knicks, not just among fans, but within the locker room yeah. and within the league. And why? I don't, and, 
you know, what is he? Is he playing? You know, uh, someone asked Carmelo, "Do you think he's trying to motivate you?" He's the Zen master. Do you think he's trying to motivate you? And Carmelo said, "Man, I, you know, I motivate myself. I don't have to be motivated." You know, um, so you know, I asked, I, you know, I asked Carmelo whether he thought that all this, you know, the constant, the constant badgering that he's getting from Phil, the constant leaks and all that kind of stuff, is affecting his game. And he said, you know, he said, I don't think so. Um, he was like, if anything, it makes me, uh, you know, focus more on, on, you know, being better. So, I mean, but that's, you know, that's, you know, that's a good thing to say, but it, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to oh, imagine yeah. it not affecting it. I'm sure it is. Um, it has to be, you know, it, it's in the workplace right? and you've got a manager, you know, boss who clearly doesn't like you, doesn't respect you and would love to have you leave. Right. And, there's a part of you. This this is not just in uh, basketball, but anyone has gone through that on their jobs. Right. You know, when you finally get a manager who wants you gone. Right. And it's not, you know, it can be uncomfortable. And the question is, do you stay knowing that they want you to leave and you stay despite it and miserable, or do you leave to go somewhere where it's comfortable? You know, where you're comfortable. You want to go, they want you, or do you stay knowing they don't want you to go there and fight? Right. You know? Right. Out um, of spite, almost. Yeah, out of spite. And at the end of the day, you kind of hurt yourself, particularly if you can go to a situation where you could actually win. Right. Go to a situation where there's just one Carmelo Anthony away from making the playoffs. Right. Or for him, you know, you know, he, I mean, at least from his perspective, and what he's willing to leave for, I think it's like a championship. And there's only there's only a couple teams where you you could say, oh, you know, Carmelo gives him a shot, even if it's a long shot, to maybe contend for a championship. And that's the Clippers and the Cavs. And that's also a funny story with with the Cavs. Uh, uh, you know, someone you know, Frank Frank Isola, right. uh, came out with this story about uh, uh, LeBron wanting. Um, Cleveland to do whatever it took to get to get Melo, including having to give up give up Kevin Love. Uh, when when confronted with that story, uh, all everybody involved in Cleveland denied it, and LeBron he called Isola trash. He was like, "The story's trash, and the person who wrote it is trash." I was I wanted, I was wondering what you what you thought about that, and just from the whole dynamic of reporting a story and then a, you know a player denying it and, and attacking you personally. You know, what's what's your take on that? Well, yes, I mean, you know, it's not a popularity contest, and you know, Frank is a you know a longtime veteran, uh, you know, NBA and beat reporter. Right. So I think that he, I don't think Frank would just make that up. Right. You know, uh, that that it, it comes from somewhere, and clearly the Knicks want it out there. You know. Right. Right. You know, so. Um, yeah, it's just a very bizarre, you know, situation. And uh, I guess, you know, Carmelo, maybe he wants to stay in New York because of business interests and his wife's business and all that. Um, so, you know, he's got to, you know. Uh, and, and also, I mean, the thing about Cleveland, you look at Kyle Corver, man. Mm. You know? I mean, Kyle Corver seems just what the doctor ordered for them. Yeah, I think that, that could make Kevin Love. I don't know what that dynamic is between LeBron and Love. 
Right. Uh, but maybe having, you know, um, you know, Corver be the man because um, he just lit him up the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, I mean, he, like, whoa. Yeah, he fi- Yeah, he went off. He went off the other night. I guess that was just a matter of time. People were worried. I heard. I remember a month or so ago when they first got him, and he had a couple games and didn't do much. And I'm like, come on, man. He's 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 a proven uh, automatic shooter. I mean, and with LeBron on the team, it's you know he's gonna he's gonna be fine. And yeah, he he, he what he dropped close to thirty the other day. And you're right. Um, I mean, Love probably provide you know Love is a better player, all around player. He's younger uh, than you know, much better than Corver. And people, and it's interesting to me now that people think he that he's so much more valuable than Melo. And I get, and I would just say maybe just because of the age, he's 28, Melo's 32, and Melo's knees look around, make him look about 36, to be honest. Mm. But um, so you know, I, I get that. But in terms of you know, Melo wanting to be in New York. I've always said, I mean, he he's he's a New Yorker. I mean, I mean that's like the average New Yorker is li- is staying in New York when they could be somewhere else, somewhere else doing better. <laughs> you know, that's right. that's just like that. That's just some New York stuff right there. I mean, hey, we, we I can relate to that. You know, I mean, I probably could go to uh to South Carolina and, and be uh, a little more comfortable too. You know, yeah, who wants to be, you be in South Carolina? Exactly, that's the problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I have no. I love South Carolina. On the way to my trip from uh, New York to uh, Tampa, I stopped in Savannah. Right. Uh, spent the night around Savannah. I love Savannah. No, no, I'm sorry. Charleston. Right. Sorry, Savannah. <laughs> I did kind of bypass Savannah to Charleston. But, uh, well, let's see how this plays out, yeah, man. Let's see. Like, you just follow the money. Yeah, exactly. Either way, he's going to be fine. He's, you know, his. His his two week check is gonna be uh, nice and nice and fat regardless. So you know, he'll be and all you right. Know, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of uh, player protest, um, earlier this week, Stephen Curry of all people basically blasted. You know, his his apparel company is Under Armour, right? And he 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 sent a shot over their heads um, about. Uh, um, I think it was yeah, yeah. Kevin Plank. Yeah, the C, the C, the CEO of uh, I believe it was the CEO of Under Armour. Yeah, um, Kevin Plank. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Plank said made a comment about Trump being an asset to the country to the to the country, which is uh, interesting. And uh, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that, that's interesting. And you know, Curry found it interesting too. And I think he said, "Yeah, I agree." If you take off the ET. From asset, so that you know that was, pretty, that was pretty funny. But but also beyond that, he went on to, uh, you know, he said that he was on the phone with uh, the people, some people from Under Armour, trying to figure out what what the real deal was and whether they really really were uh, supporting Trump. And if they and if they are, um, he basically said that you know he he probably wouldn't be comfortable at at Under Armour any longer. So that's you know that's I think that's strong stuff. Yeah, it is strong stuff. Uh, I think while he's at it, remember we talked about this before, he ought to ask him how many black folks, how many black directors right. does Under Armour have? And, and by the way, how much business do you do to, to black vendors? Right. You know, you know, how many business do you do with black vendors? It's nice to give, you know, now they give a lot of money to Howard. Mm. You know, Under Armour does give a lot of money to Howard, probably maybe a couple of HBCUs. Uh, as part of their charitable giving, 
and um, we're very appreciative of that, but it doesn't sway the political dynamic at all. Right, and it's also, it's interesting, yeah, you bring that up, and that's that's a, a great point, just in in terms of players needing, or I mean, players needing to understand, uh, you know, the dynamics of of the company they're working with prior to, because, right, you know why you know you would when when you really think about it, you would you would prefer that you know Steph Curry, anybody or me, whoever would know the the dynamics of of who you know who's on the board. Uh, who right. who's being supported by the higher ups in the company, you know, all along, rather than just because you know you heard a, a quote or a comment, you know, you know, you would hope that you wouldn't be surprised even, and you, you know, you should know what you're getting into ahead of time. Yeah, and um, I guess that's somewhat nuanced, right. but he knows now. Right. Um, so it's a dilemma. I mean, you know, um, the same thing with most of those teams if they. A lot of those things. I said the same thing with Kaepernick. That you know, ask the 49ers how many black folks you got on their board. How much you know business do you do with uh, you know the black community there? You know, um, you know. Yeah. But sometimes your brain works. Sometimes you're you're scared. Right. Or or you're just you're not thinking about it. You know. And uh, in in these in these days and times. Um, that's what I'm saying. I'm not blaming Curry. I mean, but I'm just, I'm saying from here on out, maybe it's kind of a lesson like, you know, and like, and and you've been saying it for a long time. Like you, you want to know, you know, you need to ask and see who, you know, who they're working with, who they're, who they're really supporting, who, you know, who, you know, are they, are they using black vendors? Are there black people on the board? Stuff like that. And, and, and not wait until, uh, you know, something becomes public, and you're like, "Oh, wow, that that's what that's what's going on." So yeah, yeah, but you know, good good for good for Curry. I mean, right, no question about it. He spoke up, and not necessarily, you know, that he spoke up just because it was for Trump, but he just spoke up. Uh, you know, um, this is his apparel company, and he's saying that probably don't, I probably have a problem with that. You know, right, um, and you have you have power. You're you're a tremendous asset to Under Armour. There's no question about that. So, exactly. so uh, you know what, whatever your beliefs are, and, and if and if and if they're that strong, please do speak. You know, sp- you know, speak up for yourself. But trust me, if all the brothers they got, high profile brothers decide that they're gonna pull out Under Armour, right? They wouldn't. And be, they wouldn't be supporting Trump. Frank would promise to kiss their butt <laughs> at, at Times Square. <laughs> exactly. No question about stay. it. No you question know? about it. That's the kind of power I'm talking about. That you can't, you know. I mean, if if you really oppose uh, Trump, then and you and, and uh, not Trump, but uh, you know, you know, somebody cares, but you can demonstrate. You can demonstrate your unhappiness. Right. Yeah. I mean, speak, speaking of Trump, uh, Trump's boys won the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to. Uh, and you were there. Yeah. What was it? What was hey, uh, You know, what were your what, what's your take on that? On that whole, you know, obviously it was a, it was a great game. That's what they say. It wasn't. I didn't feel great about the game, um, but you know, I guess uh, technically and classically, it was a, it was a great game. It was pretty great. I mean, just to come back. But I don't care who Tom Brady voted for. He's a bad MF. <laughs> <laughs> 
there if you voted for somebody's mama. Right. Know? Right. And I don't care if he, you know, took you know, some kind of growth hormones that help keep you younger. And if he did, he should sell it. Right. Right. So whatever he's doing, he should package it and sell it. Right. It, it it works. I hear you. I mean he was struggling in the first half. And then, you know, we all thought that uh, you know, this was this was the one he was gonna take it in the chin. And uh obviously he came back he came back strong in that second half, but he you know, he had some help from uh from Atlanta though. At least at least from Matt Ryan and and the offense. I mean, I don't know what they were doing. With, oh uh, my God. I mean it was just yeah. it was it was very uh, hard to watch. Handed them gifts. I mean, if somebody comes back and says, you know what? The game was fixed and Matt Ryan I was oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah. Right, right. I, now it's clear. Right. Yeah. And how about um, when they were up eight, they're up eight, uh, they're in field goal range. I don't know, like two, three, you know, three minutes cha- change to go. You just need a field goal uh, to make it a two possession game. And they don't run the ball, even though they were running effectively all game. He, Matt Ryan takes another horrible sack. Uh, then there's a penalty, and then they're, they're out of field goal range. I couldn't believe that. I mean, that was the game right there. And you knew, yeah. you knew once Brady, you know, started making that – once they got it within, you know, two scores, we you just knew what was going to happen. Mm. Yeah. And I just think that's just sort of the inevitability of you playing against a team that great. Yeah. And, you know, I think if they Atlanta had a lot of young players. And I think at some point, you know – Particularly after that fumble, and the throw, they said, "Oh shit," you right. know, and they—I think they stopped believing they could win. Yeah, and they, you know, it sure looked uh, like it, um, yeah. and, and on both on both ends of the ball because defensively, it got to a point where you just knew, you know, you you could tell just body language that they didn't feel they could stop them. Both of those two point conversions that they got, you know, the one to put them within eight and the one to tie it. I've never been so sure in my life that a team was going to convert a two-point conversion. It was like no question in my mind. So, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that, that doubt definitely crept in. And uh, I, it was, it was, it was, but there was, you know, the dynamic of the game was just so funny because, you know, going, you know, going back to the, to the politics and the Trump stuff, it was just, it almost felt like, you know, I was on Twitter and it just almost felt like it was, it was like, it was like, representative of the election it was like almost like the falcons were hillary and the <clears throat> new england was trump and you know everybody was sure the Fal- falcons were gonna win going into that second half and things started turning and, and i heard somebody say that they had, the, they had a, it was a similar feeling um when new england was coming back and taking the lead it was a similar similar feeling to when uh trump started winning wisconsin and <laughs> in Michigan and, uh, and Florida and Pennsylvania, it was just like, and I was like, yeah, yeah that, right. that was, it was, you know, not as bad, but similar. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would take the, the, the football. Right. I'll take, rather than I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give Brady a, another ring before uh, the Trump. The Trump. Right. Give Trump the White House. No know? question. No question. But she has, so yeah, yeah. At some point you got to move on. True that. Yeah. There's no question. But no, I mean, football-wise, the Patriots are great, and. uh Atlanta has no one to blame but themselves. And, uh, and some of it is understandable. You're there for the first time. You know, you're a rookie. You're, you're young. And, you know, and you think that this is it. This is your time. And you find out that, uh, you know, 
the, the label on you, you know, that's not your time. Do you think they recover from this? Like next year, do you think there's a hangover or do you think, you know, they brush it off their shoulder? Well, I think it's hard, man. I mean, you know, that's what everybody says. They're a young team. They got so many people coming back under contract. But, uh, you know, there's something, you know, there's something you got to fix. Right, right. And then, and then you look at uh, Carolina last year. I mean, everybody thought they'd be right back. Um, you know, Cam Newton, blah, blah, blah. And they go 6-10. and 10. And and this this loss was way worse than uh, – <laughs> than uh, Carolina's loss in terms of heartbreaking. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Well, you know, we will see. But like I said before, uh, I told Bob Ryan, this, you know, you're talking about Atlanta. I said, stop it. Do not trust the Atlanta Falcons. Right. Eventually they're going to break your heart. Right. You know? They did get the Super Bowl and everybody was you know, excited. They've got a very large black fan base. Right. And, and normally these school these teams are like not all white in terms of the you know um the audience. fan base, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so um you know, go ahead, brother. You know. He's one of the, he's one of the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, and the and the Patriots, you know, Belichick gets it gets it yeah. done again. I get you know, they're calling they're calling him the uh the all time greatest and it's hard to argue, really. Oh yeah. Um, so um, why don't we take a quick break? Come right back, and uh, we could talk about Colin Kaepernick mm. and some other things coming up. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Everybody wants to laugh, I, but nobody wants to cry. I say everybody wants to laugh, but nobody wants to cry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another segment, Bill Roden and uh, Bill Roden on Sports with Jamal Murphy, uh, my friend and uh, co-host. And uh, coming soon, I think we're going to have another edition Another, another voice on our podcast. I think we'll keep it a secret, right, Jamal? Until yeah, yeah, no question. Keep that a little secret. Mm, but listen, you know, we, we've sort of spoken about protests, uh, Oakley's protest, Curry's protest, and um, the person, the athlete who kind of started this new wave of protest, Colin Kaepernick, is going to be a free agent. Uh, next, um, you know, going into the fall, going, you know, right now, really. Mm. And, uh, I think it's fascinating. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch the process of which owner or GM or front office picks him up. Um, you know, because a lot of people were, you know, I mean, that, that's going to be very interesting. Who picks up Colin Kaepernick? Do you think he's going to get picked up? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I would. I mean, if you if you go strictly on playing ability, of course. Um, even though you know, a lot of people think, a lot of people don't really understand. You know how you know that he was pretty good uh, last year. Even passer rating wise, he was probably he wasn't that bad. He was probably like a top fifteen quarterback. 
um, but he just had no, you know, he, he didn't have anything to work with in San Francisco, so he couldn't win any games. So that tarnished him a little bit, I think. But um, obviously he can still play. Uh, he's a dual threat uh, quarterback. Um, there's no question that he should be on a roster, you know, even if he's backing up somebody. Uh, but, you know, I just don't, you know, I, I would hope and I think he sh- I think he'll be on the roster, but, uh, you know, you just can't put anything past NFL owners of all things. You know, I mean, they're not, you know, it's different. You know, they're a different breed. The NFL is a different breed, um, different fan base. Uh, and, you know, I mean, he, he received so much hate. Uh, for what he did, you know, even from, you know, some owners. So it'll be interesting. I think, I think you know, going into it, he, he's starting from a place where there's going to be a certain number of teams, probably eight to ten teams that aren't, that are, that will not uh, even, you know, begin to think about bringing him in. So I think he starts with, he starts with only about, you know, with, with less teams than most people would, you know, as far as the opportunity goes. Yeah. Um, well, I hope he gets picked up because uh, he's, he's a great talent. Well, I don't know. We he I think I like to prove him to prove it. But you know, this gets in. It's a business, right? And people are looking at this as a business decision. How's our fan base going to react to us getting Cali Kaepernick? Right. And that's you know, unless you're talking about New York. You know, I mean. Yeah, they they're kind of, I don't know, they're kind of stuck. Well, I mean, I, I'm just curious to find out where he's going to land up. Right. If, if if what I mean, do you think yes or no that he's going to get another job? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think he'll get another job because he's young, he can play in it. And I, bottom line, it does come down to that most times. Uh, I mean, you know, Vic Vic got a job, but I, but, I mean, you know, this this. Some people would view what he did, <laughs> you know, in this in this society and in, in you know in, in these times. Some people might even view. They, I'm sure people view what he did in terms of you know kneeling for the national anthem as worse than what Vic did. You know, some some people probably feel that way. So, um, but I think he'll he'll get a I think he'll get a shot somewhere because you know the bottom line is winning. So if if a team feels like they can he can help them win. You know, so many injuries in the NFL. He, he'll get a shot, but I just feel like it's not going to be as as seamless or easy as it should be. Yeah. Well, you know, God bless him. <laughs> God bless him, man. No yeah, he may end up with the Jets, you know. Hey, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, he, he lives in New York, you know. He I mean, does. Not he, his girlfriend is uh, from New York. Okay. And so you know. And he was, I know, as of about two weeks ago, uh, he was in New York just hanging out. So, you never know, man. Could be, this could be what the doctor ordered. Yeah, know? yeah. And obviously, I mean, he must feel like he has some options because, I mean, it was it was partly his decision to, to become a free agent. So, um, we shall see. I mean, the, it, it, he had a lot of support from, from the San Francisco owners. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's leaving that support as far as that goes, and you know, to the to the unknown. So, you know, uh, definitely wish him luck. Yeah, definitely. I'll be in on the show, and then we can have him come by. Right, right. It's all about us. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, as we wrap up, man, how how you dealing with the blizzard? Uh, you know, I'm fine. I'm I'm in an apartment building. I don't have to shovel any snow. You know, I just gotta watch. You know, make sure I don't slip and fall. Um, you know, the the can't drive anywhere right now. The car is under snow, so Mm. you know, I'm I'm getting some work done though. Can't complain. I know. Yeah, it's pretty sunny here. Must tell you. Well, you you gotta come back. You'll be you'll see. You're coming back to this. You'll be back. You should be back sometime tomorrow, Saturday, right? Yeah. Well, well, now tomorrow is uh. Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Right. Yeah, so I'll be back around 11 o'clock. Okay, okay. It depends if they're even letting planes fly. That's true. Well, it's not snowing anymore. It's just <laughs> snow on the ground, so you should be fine. It, yeah. You know, it snowed. It's <coughs> It snowed straight from about 3 in the morning to about 4, you know, 4, 4 p.m. today. So, mm. a, lot, wow. a lot of snow on the ground. I'm glad I'm here. Maybe they could cancel my plane till like eight. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, hey, man, you know, um, boy, a lot, we packed a lot into a little bitty space. Hey. And, um, you know, Oakley, you know, my man, I'd like to have him on the, on the show again. Yeah, we got to get Oakley back, uh, get his <laughs> get his version of events. I'm, he never holds back. I'm sure, uh, you know, we gotta, I'll try to reach out to him. Um, we got... We got uh, the great Dave Sims, yeah. uh, broadcasting legend, uh, yeah. coming up coming up early next week. So we'll bring that to you next week. That'll be a great conversation, um, and uh, you know, it's definitely sure. some, some more in. some more coming for sure. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, listen, have fun with the snow, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow at some point, and we will connect. But uh, everybody, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, because it was snowing someplace, you had no, no, no choice. You'd be a blizzard in your car. But, uh, um, or anyway, listen, great seeing everybody. Um, hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Let's gear up for the NBA playoffs. NBA All Star game. We'll be there. Don't forget we'll March Madness. March Madness coming up. March Madness coming up. Yeah, so uh, we will see you soon. Take care. God bless. Tomorrow, see you later on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.